Welcome back to Girls Next Level. How's your week, Bridget? It was good. Uh, busy. <laughs> what have you been up to? We need to know. Just leaving me hanging. Oh, just the normal stuff, but I just feel like it's been busy. I think it's just because of the rain and everything. I think things just feel a little bit more chaotic than... They really do in L.A. when it is raining, which yeah. it rarely does. You kind of feel like you're doing a little more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just harder to do everything because everything just slows down. It yeah. comes to a screeching halt and plans change and mm-hmm. like so much... It, there's just is a topsy turvy week. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's been so much drama on like TikTok and stuff that I've been involved in, and we already talked about it on our slumber party. But that's kind of like what I'm reeling from as we're recording this episode, and I'm a little bit over caffeinated, so we'll see how it goes. Uh oh, well, I try and stay out of all of that, but uh... I know you're very good at it. But this was, <laughs> I try to stay out of it too, just because I don't want to bring it more attention. But sometimes, you know. Sometimes things have to be said. Yeah, they do. So um, we are right smack in the middle of season one, episode nine, Under the Covers. This is us shooting our very first Playboy cover. We talked about that last week. And now we're kind of getting into the part of the episode where I'm throwing a barbecue over at the Playmate house across the street. And I know we've talked about the Playmate house on the podcast before. But just a little recap, it was a place across the street, a house that Hef owned, and we decided we wanted to invite playmates to live there because we thought it would be fun. And we had the idea probably way back in like early 2004, but it was really only starting to happen in 2005 when we started filming the show. And since the girls were moving in, I thought it would be a good idea to throw them a little barbecue to welcome them there. One thing I wanted to mention too is that when we first came up with that idea, initially Hef wanted to like charge the girls rent. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not what we're trying to do. Yeah, that wasn't the point of it in any way, shape, or form. We were like, that, that, no. <laughs> we kind of wanted it to be like a stepping stone or like a jumping off point for like playmates who wanted to like move to LA and try and make it in show business. Like, it's so fucking helpful to have, you know, a free place to stay. Absolutely. And plus, like, charging rent reminds me of like a pimp taking a cut or something. I just don't like it. Ew. So, anyway, they got to stay there free of charge. <laughs> Yeah, I totally lost my train of thought. I was going to say something from that. Um. And the women we invited to live there were um, Carmela and Tiffany, who are the current and the previous year's Playmate of the Year, and then Cara Monaco, who was a Playmate, and Jillian Grace, who was a Playmate. You know what somebody asked me in um, my DMs once? I thought this was a really good question. Somebody asked me, was it racist that there was never any black women or women of color living at the Playmate house? And I thought that was an interesting question. And... I don't think it was. There just honestly weren't a lot of black playmates at the time. Yeah. And the two that were most recent were local. Like, yeah. I know Kiana was. And kind of our point in inviting those girls were people who lived out of town. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have any say at that point in who was chosen to be a playmate or not. So... Right. So the next scene is me in the med room. I really like my ponytail. Laurent did a cute updo ponytail for uh, me. Love I, it. Well, I thought it was funny because you make a carrot joke to Lori, but she's not paying any attention. Well, it's funny because you're not paying any attention to what she's saying to you, and she's not paying any attention to what you're saying to her, but you guys are both having separate conversations. You know what's interesting is I can't speak for where she was coming from on that, but those kind of interactions are not unusual for me. I have no gauge for things like that. 
that other people kind of naturally have. I'm also a really big interrupter. If you guys didn't notice in the early podcast episodes, I'm a big interrupter and I just don't have that gauge other people have for when someone else is ready to stop speaking. And I kind of have this feeling of, oh my God, I need to fucking say it now or it's never gonna come out. <laughs> it's, and that used to be a thing. And I would, I didn't speak up a lot at the mansion, but sometimes I would say things at the dinner table that were a little interrupty and Hef would get fucking pissed. He'd like yell like, don't interrupt me and I'm like Jesus well you make a funny carrot joke but Lori's not paying any attention because she's trying to ask you and I feel like this is key here that's why I'm bringing it up she's trying to ask you if they should if she should go ahead and make the hamburger patties for you ahead of time yeah and so because I mean it comes you should have let her is what I'm trying I really to say should have I think the only reason I didn't was kind of like the point in filming that was it was one of those like silly, simple, lifey scenes. Like, let's see what this girl can't do. No, I get it. I get why you didn't. And I get why it was for mm-hmm. the show and stuff like that. But like, I just felt like this was kind of a pivotal moment right here because. Oh, yeah. It's where things went downhill. Yeah. If you would have just been like, yeah, prep the patties ahead of time. Like it would have the whole day would have gone so different. I think so, too. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, in real life, if I hadn't been trying to like film the process of doing something I 100% should have let her did done it because like I said in the last episode like I'd never cooked meat before (laughs) so this was a new thing and if there's anything you're gonna be nervous about cooking it's meat right you give somebody food poisoning right yeah yeah these and are then, very and people, dire circumstances. And people like their meat done different ways, which we're going to get into in a little yeah, bit, that's too. that's true. And then we see Julie McCullough makes yeah. her first appearance on the show. So Julie McCullough was a fixture at the mansion. She was a playmate in 1986. And if any of y'all were alive in the 80s, she was on Growing Pains, which I remember seeing her as a little kid on Growing Pains. And that wasn't really a show I watched or paid much attention to. It was just kind of something that was on when the TV was on in the living room. Yeah. But I remember remember noticing her back then because she was just so freaking cute Mm -hmm. she's just adorable but anyway she lived next door at Hef's wife's house and she was just over there a lot always working on a screenplay and drinking a coffee yeah always had a a coffee coffee shop girl yeah (laughs) and she's asked you what you're making and the way she asks you is like it's so unbelievable to her what you're doing right now (laughs) she's just like mind blown (laughs) she's like what are you doing like that is so funny well I guess nobody ever sees anybody like chopping vegetables in the med room okay well that was my next thing we've talked about how inappropriate it was for us to be in the kitchen and mm-hmm. why we couldn't be down there doing stuff and even when you do want to cook yeah they have you like stationed in the med room away from everybody else like who goes in there that's like going into your dining room to cook I know it's like really why weird. would you prep stuff in your dining room you just yeah. wouldn't and it makes it impossible because obviously Lori's bringing you a carrot because mm-hmm. she had to wash them because you don't have a sink in the med room. Yeah. She has to go into the sink. Like, the kitchen is like literally two rooms away because you have the pantry in between. But that's just a good example of how busy the mansion kitchen was. Like there was probably legitimately luncheons and shit that they had to be cooking full steam ahead for. And they don't have time for me filming the show. Right, <laughs> right. So you were, you know, relegated to the med room which mm-hmm. is just such an awkward weird place and the and the dining room table or the med room table is not like counter height and yeah, stuff so it makes things right. extra hard like I just felt like that was not not good not a good 
cooking first time. Yeah, it was really random. I also noticed I just was not getting my nails done or painted at all, which seems so odd. Oh. Yeah. Well, I remember making that decision, though, because when we started filming the show, I felt like I didn't even have time to get my nails done at that point. So I just stopped doing my nails. I feel like I was doing my nails regularly, but now I don't. <laughs> now I I'm do the my opposite. Own. I do. But you're lucky, though, because you have strong nails that grow. I don't. I have to do acrylics. Yeah. But acrylics kind of make me feel like I have the illusion of really having my life together. <laughs> I, it does. It makes me well, hey. I've gone off and on about like whether or not I do my nails or get them done professionally or whatever. But like maybe the past year or so, I started getting the acrylics and it just makes me feel like a little more polished, like I'm a little bit more together than I actually am. Well, then that's worth it to do it. Yeah, it's like a good, you know, subconscious mindset thingamabobby going on. Yeah. Well, and then the next scene, Kendra's actually eating in her room. Wait, I thought she always went downstairs because she wouldn't have the butlers bring a tray to her room. Well, in this scene, she is. But I can see why she doesn't want to eat in her room. Her dogs were constantly harassing her. Yeah. And then we see Hunter, the chef, in the pantry. And it's another moment where I'm like, Hunter! Like, all these staff people, so great to see their faces again. I know, it really is. I like how when you're making the pasta salad, too, they have this scary music playing in the back. And they turn it green and bubbly, which I think is so funny. It's very, I love all this cartoony shit. It's my favorite. Another thing I noticed when I'm making the food is I'm so disgusted watching myself because I'm constantly, like, eating parts of it. Like, if I cut up the cheese, I'll eat a piece of cheese. And you you can tell if you're paying attention, too. I swear to God, if I eat something... Out of my hands, I wash my hands after before I touch anything. Swear to God. But it kind of looks like I don't. If you're not really thinking about it, it just looks like I'm like eating with my hands and like putting my hands back in. Wait, every time you took a piece of cheese, you ran and washed your hands again before you touched the pasta? No, well, if I ate a piece of cheese. Really? Yeah. Oh shit, I just pop a piece of cheese in my mouth and keep going. <laughs> Am I gross? <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, oh, I look disgusting. But I, th- I think they cut it that way on purpose, which I'm not like offended about. But I think it was like trying to make me look like I'm a gross, unsanitary cook. I just feel like, well, yeah, I did feel like they were trying to make the scene look that way a little bit. But I didn't get that from you popping food while you were doing that. I eat while I cook the whole time. I do sometimes, too. I mean, it depends who I'm cooking for, though. Like if I'm just making something for myself, I won't bother. But Depends who else has eaten it. That's interesting. I wonder if other people do that. Like, I I mean, I don't think anything of it. Like, if I pop a piece of cheese in my mouth while I'm cutting it up or whatever, I just keep going. Like, I don't stop and wash my hands and be like, oh, I just touch my mouth or something. Like, I just keep going. And now I'm like, wait, am I gross? (laughs) I mean, I'm only cooking for Nick and I. So, like, I feel like who cares? But, like... You guys are probably swapping spit elsewhere. It's true. it's, like, not a big deal. That is true. (laughs) Okay, so then the next scene... um, Is it the office? Yeah, you go down the office, and you're asking Norma about the magazine. Yeah, because I was a major snoop, which I admitted on the show. But I think it's interesting to note why I was a snoop. I was a snoop because, for years, I'd been living in, like, this high-stress situation where I felt like I had no control. Like, I didn't know who was going to come into the bedroom and have to like watch me have sex or like just weird traumatic shit like that 
So I felt like if I could kind of see, because Hef would always have pictures of like the girls that were coming in or coming out with us and they weren't hidden away. It's not like I was diving into a file cabinet I wasn't supposed to be looking in. Like they were kind of sitting out in a particular spot. But I did always want to be up on it and see what's going on because I just wanted to be like mentally and emotionally prepared. So I feel like, I mean, I am kind of a very curious person anyway. Like I'm that girl who grew up reading Nancy Drew and I always have to have a mystery to solve. But on top of that, I think I was extra, extra big on snooping because I just felt like I had no control of the situation and something traumatic could come down the pipeline at any time. And my way of feeling in control at all was, you know, just trying to prepare myself. Like what's coming? What's coming down the pipeline? Yeah. Staying on top of it. Another thing I notice in this scene is one of the brown books for like six months in the future or a couple months in the future is sitting on the counter and it's the December 2005 cover. It has an old picture of Marilyn Monroe on the cover and it reminds me of a story. So maybe like a year previous, I'd been reading a book about Marilyn Monroe called The Last Take, which is not really a favorite book in like the Marilyn Monroe community. I think some things in it have been debunked, but it was basically a book about her last days and it's kind of leaning into the thought that she did not take her own life, but it's very interesting. And we went out to dinner the week I was reading it and I was just chatting with half and I'm like, oh, I'm reading this book. It's really interesting. It's about how they think Marilyn Monroe didn't kill herself. And he goes, absolutely killed herself. That's fucking stupid. And he just said it to me. He ha- he would have a way of saying things to me sometimes where it almost didn't matter what he was saying. It was just he would say it in such a mean, condescending way that made me just feel like the dumbest scum of the earth amoeba person on the planet and it it was one of those things where people say something to you really harshly that you just like want to cry like you feel like you've been slapped back into some childhood trauma you don't remember you had so I was like okay and I remember like the rest of the night I was just kind of silent but then cut to a few months later some people come out with like a new book or a new story about how they like no Marilyn Monroe didn't kill herself blah 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 So Hef did, I forget what was actually in the magazine, if it was an excerpt of that or an interview with these people or whatever. But even on the cover, the title said something about like alluding to the fact like how she really died or something like that. And he would do press interviews for this issue when it came out. And he was like all of a sudden on the bandwagon that she probably didn't kill herself. I'm like, wait, dude, what? You were just talking to me and snapping at me like I'm the dumbest individual on the planet. But then the second you have like a new story to stick in your magazine, then it's okay to go spout about it. I was so confused. And that year, also in December, we went to, when that issue came out, we went to the Queen Mary because they were having a whole like exhibit of quote unquote Marilyn Monroe memorabilia. And the items in the Marilyn Monroe exhibit were not even the items they were claiming to be. And that was exposed in the media. But I remember when we were even walking through the exhibit, they would be like, oh, here's the rhinestone she wore in the Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend scene. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, maybe those were used for the rehearsal or something because they don't even look like the ones in the movie like that's how blatantly fake it was but then later they were exposed as frauds so oh ha, my fucking god ha, ha. so that was a whole round you know circle jerk of a moment wait I remember going to the Marilyn Monroe exhibit on the Queen Mary uh-huh. and stuff and I remember there was like these curlers and they had like they said oh they still have her hair wrapped in them yeah and stuff. which I don't know some of the stuff might have been her stuff but definitely the jewelry was not the jewelry they were saying it was and there there's like articles about it if you dig deep enough on the internet like it was exposed like not long after for being fake 
That is crazy. I know. But it got us on the Queen Mary, so I was thankful for that. Well, that Queen Mary night was really fun and chaotic. And when we get to the timeline on this podcast where we're like in between seasons one and two, we should definitely talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk about it. And I'm going to need your help as far as like scrapbook receipts, because for some reason I'm missing like three or four of my scrapbooks. And I know these scrapbooks existed because I have a whole index of my scrapbooks. Like I have this folder with like a list of every numbered scrapbook and what was in that scrapbook and what wow. I titled it. Nice. So I know they exist, but I can't fucking find them anywhere. And I've talked about it on the podcast before how I have this whole like archive of stuff but every once in a while I'll find like a section of stuff missing somewhere along the way you know throughout my life and the moves I've made and the relationships I've been in like handfuls of shit have gone missing here and there and I'm so bitter and weirded out about it so somebody has those scrapbooks and it's creepy (laughs) so the next scene um I'm in my room with Winnie and oh I have a question to ask you what it's a game that I'll probably bring out throughout this series cosplay or coincidence Do you know what I'm going to say? My outfit? Were you dressed as Marianne from Gilligan's Island, or is that a coincidence? Well, I mean, I like the theme for everything. So I don't think it's like, I think it's somewhere in between. Yeah. (laughs) Like it wasn't, I wasn't trying to be Marianne, but at the same time, I was trying to be like, you know. Cutesy. Cutesy. Like the, you were, we were doing like that bringing the new girls like she was always the one that would bring a pie yeah. to everyone and uh-huh. stuff like, like that kind of thing so I think um it was somewhere in between plus I think like a little handkerchief top and 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 jean shorts is very barbecue, barbecue. Yeah. backyard barbecue type look so Do you I remember think, that's a sorry to cut you off I'm interrupting again um there was a Halloween costume idea we were going to do and never did. Like, I was going to be Ginger and you were going to be Marianne. That was always kind of on our list, our docket of Halloween costumes we were going to do. It still would be totally cute. It would be. Do people know Gilligan's Island? Because obviously Gilligan's Island was fucking old even back then. Yeah. But I feel like people kind of knew of it more back then because we're still in the era of, like, daytime TV reruns. And I'm like... Does Gen Z know Gilligan's Island? I have no idea. But do you know that they went? They were bringing it back and I went and auditioned for it? No, tell me. This was while we were at the mansion. Or it might have been just before I moved in. But I think I was already at the mansion. Mm-hmm. And I went on an audition. And I feel like I'm fully Marianne, right? Yeah. And I dressed as Marianne. Probably that same outfit. I don't know. Yeah. And I went to the audition. And the director or producer, whoever it was, the casting director, I think, looked at me and goes... <laughs> You're clearly a ginger. <laughs> oh my god. That is so funny. <laughs> like I was like, "No, I'm totally a Marianne." Isn't it funny how you feel like you know who you are inside and everybody else sees you different? <laughs> like I feel like in the Scooby-Doo universe, I'm 100% Velma, but I don't think anyone would think that. I think everybody's like, "Bitch, you're Daphne." <laughs> See, I think I'm Daphne, but people probably think I'm Velma. No, they do not think you're Velma. (laughs) Or Scooby. (laughs) You know what? That's another thing you have in common with Elvira, because they were doing some Gilligan's Island comeback in like the 80s or something. And before she was Elvira, she like auditioned, I think, for Ginger and like almost got it, but like didn't at the last minute for some reason. And another crazy story from the Elvira book that's like, 
the craziest manifestation story I've ever heard is when she was a little kid, she loved Gilligan's Island and she loved ginger. And she would always like imagine herself as ginger, play dress up as ginger. And she says that she grew a natural mole on her face, just appeared out of what? nowhere that's in the same place as ginger's mole. That is crazy. It, it, she has the best manifestation stories. So I had Elvira on my podcast, or mm-hmm. Cassandra, on my podcast, and she told me the story about her doing the Ginger Marianne thing, or well, yeah. Ginger, the Gilligan's Island mm-hmm. thing, and I told her about my Marianne story. That's so funny. <laughs> I know, but I didn't know about the mole. Yeah, that's the craziest. That's straight witchcraft. Man- yeah, that's the craziest. Man- <laughs> she has so many good manifestation stories. I hope we can get her on when she's like on, when we get to the Girls Next Door episode that she's on. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, we'll ask her for sure. Okay, so I'm in my room. We're getting ready to go over to the bunny house. I'm trying to put Winnie's harness on for the first time. By the way, her collar is so cute. Like Playboy had a really cute pet line yeah. at the time. Like you can see if you're looking closely, we have like dog bags that are Playboy brand and dog beds. But the pink collar with the rhinestone bunnies that Winnie has on was so cute. I it's forgot a, about that. It's adorable. And Anastasia and I are trying to get it on her and she's like not having it. Aww. And this is the first time she's going for a walk on the leash. Did she walk all the way over to the Playmate house? I think I did have her oh, walk wow. all the way over. I don't know because it doesn't show the whole way. Yeah. So maybe at some point I picked her up. Mm-hmm. But I think my point was because it's not that far. It's, yeah. a, it's a long walk mm-hmm. for somebody that little, but it's not that far. So I think I was hoping that she would make it, get her exercise in and get used to sort of walking she's doing really good on a leash for the first time yeah that she would just stop and then every once in a while she like yelp like but it wasn't because she was hurt she was yelping because she was like mad at me like i want to (laughs) stop like putting her little foot down i love it which i love i miss her i literally miss everything about her like i watch her walk and i'm like i miss it it's so great just to have this footage of the dogs in different phases too yeah, and obviously I'm not actually walking over here yet. I mean, you're still setting up like crazy unless I go and help you set up, but they just don't show it. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. Because it has me walking over like it looks like hours before we're yeah. even ready. <laughs> and I swear, Winnie took a long time, but not that long. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm over at the Playmate house trying to talk to the camera, talking about how I need smaller bowls for the chips. Yeah, you're talking about the chip bowls being too big, which they were. Yeah, they were. You can see my Disney dishes that I stashed over there. And they ask you, what is the definition of being a perfect hostess? And you say, somebody who prepares the party perfectly. And then the tires screech. They do the sound effect. Oh, my gosh. And it shows you running for the phone. Yeah. Diving onto the couch. And I look super annoying because I look like I'm calling them a million times and making them come back and forth a million times. But I think I even say in the show, like, wait a second before you guys come over here because I might be forgetting stuff and I'm going to keep calling you. Yeah. Yeah. And they do an up the skirt shot. I know you can fully see my underwear. I just gave no fucks in those days. And the giving no fucks extended onto like the first season of Holly's World. Like seeing those episodes, I'm like, why did I think it was okay to wear a bra out in public? I mean, I think it was only okay because like right after the mansion, I moved to Vegas and you can kind of get away with more stuff in Vegas. Yeah. But I look back at what I used to wear and I'm like, I'm wearing a skirt that's literally the size of a belt. And if I even move, you see my underwear. Like, why did I think that was okay? Not that there's anything wrong with it if that's what somebody wants to wear. But I'm like, damn. Yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't think there was anything wrong with you diving on the couch and not giving 
a care that the cam- cameras were there, but I don't know why they had to like keep that in. Like, why couldn't I they know. like pan or like I don't know. I just feel they're like they're just looking for anything. Yeah. What was the weird sculpture? But it was a good thing you were wearing panties. That's what I noted on here. I know, I know. (laughs) Because I thought you might not have been. Yeah. (laughs) What is the weird sculpture that's in the corner of the bunny house living room? I didn't pay attention. It's like next to the phone when I'm calling. And it's like a tall black rectangular column with like a weird silver thing in the middle. And it's so weird. And I don't know what it is or what kind of significance it would have to have that he would keep it. Uh, was it some sort of weird award or something that he got? I don't think so. It looked like a weird apparatus. Ew. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, bizarre. That like something from now, a 50s science fiction movie. Now I need to go back in and look and see what it was. I'm not, I don't even recall. Yeah, you'll remember it once you see it, but it was weird. But one of the things you ask the butlers for, you ask them for iced tea and the homemade pickle chips. Should we talk oh about the God. homemade p- yes. pickle chips? Okay, so we would go to Mary O'Connor's house quite often to play cards. And Mary's sister-in-law, Sheila, would make these amazing sweet pickle chips. And I'm not even a sweet pickle fan. Like Girl, I'm a dill all the way. I hate sweet pickles. Except I'm just for gonna these. say, except for these. I don't know what it is. But these are like a combination of dill and sweet. Yeah, and they're so good. It's like if you like kettle corn where it's salty and sweet at the same time, I feel like you'll love these pickle chips. They're so good. And then you got the recipe and made me some like a couple years ago. Yes. And did we meet in Griffith Park or something? Yeah. Yeah. So I took the thing and then I sat by the Griffith Park carousel and just stared at it and ate like half the jar of pickles after you left. And then I got in my car and in one of my Range Rovers, there's a cooler in the console and it fit perfectly in the cooler. And I was just the smuggest bitch on the planet with my pickles in the cooler. Maybe we need to do like a Patreon video of us making the pickle chips or something. Absolutely. Or YouTube or something because they're so good yeah they're delicious like i'm craving one right now my mouth is watering mm-hmm. who did i invite that didn't show up in commentary i mentioned like ashley which isn't a surprise victoria mary but in commentary i'm like i invited a bunch of people that didn't show up yeah i don't know who mm-hmm. all you invited i don't remember what the guest list was Me either. but it did seem very okay first of all it's a pretty large house yeah. and that's a really large room mm-hmm. and so even though there was like i didn't count how many of us there were but what like eight total maybe yeah which I think is a pretty good size of yeah, we'll you know get together yeah um but it, was it the most awkward fucking thing yeah it did seem like there was just nobody there yeah and my thoughts on that I mean it was so awkward it was awkward when it was happening it's awkward to watch and my thoughts on that are kind of you're right it's a small amount of people for a large house but also I feel like everybody was extra awkward because none of us have ever done a reality show before the producer of this reality show has never done a reality show before. And I feel like we were just all so fucking awkward because it was the first time we'd ever had to like film anything as a get together with no music. Oh, no the music is the hardest part. Yeah, no background, anything. Everybody's self-conscious because by the we're filming this like in June of 2005. None of us have seen an episode. None of us know anything. The new girls at the house have no fucking clue what this is. It's probably their first day filming. So everybody's just awkward and it looks like the lamest get together and it kind of was not because we didn't love each other and didn't want to have fun but I think everybody was just like okay what do we do yeah well they want to film you sitting around talking and stuff you know what I was I was kind of um, surprised when I went over there because for some reason I had it in my head that it was 
a backyard barbecue. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was going to be outside. Like a grill. Yeah. yeah, and a barbecue and maybe even like sticking our feet in the pool yeah. and like that kind of thing. So I was kind of like, oh, okay, we're in the house, which is fine. But I feel like I was a little bit thrown off by that. Yeah. And then, um, and then yeah, it's just, you can't have music. So, and then nobody wants to divulge like, you know. What actually happened that day. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to actually talk about stuff in their yeah. lives that they want to keep private because we're filming. And so it's like, da, 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 da. oh, Winnie's so cute. Um, yeah. How was your day? You know, just like very surface, like weird stuff. And over time, we would get better at it, of course, and like know how to navigate. But this was just the first time we ever tried it. And it was so fucking awkward. <laughs> yeah. And then back to you. And now you're in the housewife costume. I love the housewife costume. So- I do too. Do you still have it? No, I think I threw it out because I just thought, oh, this is cheap and dumb or it got lost along the way. It was one of those really inexpensive leg avenue costumes that come in a bag. Yeah. But it was there's just something so cute about it. At least I think so that even if I didn't have occasion to dress up as a housewife, like I think because we would have so many occasions to dress up. I remember when the new leg avenue catalogs came out, we would just kind of like scour through them and be like, okay, what? Because they would give us free costumes, didn't they? Yeah. At some point they did. Yeah. They gave us free costumes. So and they'd be like, oh, what do you want? So we would like comb through the catalog and be like, oh, what could we possibly in the future want to use to dress up as? And I ordered the housewife outfit without even an idea for it because I just thought it was so freaking cute. Yeah, it was cute. But see, I keep even those kind of costumes. Like I bet I have a ton of like Avenue costumes in my stuff. I looked up online to see if they still sell it and they don't. Like, of course, you can find it secondhand, but I don't think they still like make that costume. So it cuts to you in the kitchen at the bunny house. Burgers are going and you say, how hard can it be to cook a hamburger and a hot dog? Yeah, it was a little bit more difficult. I'd never used that stove before. And any of you out there who have like used different stoves, whether you've moved or whatever, every stove is a little bit different. Like you can set it to the temperature or do whatever. But well, and the bunny house is an electric stove, which kind of. Kind of throws me off. Like I've always cooked with gas stoves, I feel like, my whole life. And so an electric stove is a little bit weird. Yeah. And also like I remember the camera people being really, really hovering over me, like literally the camera like over my shoulder, like a parrot perched on there. And I have like these like pots of boiling water and I don't want to like touch anybody with anything hot. So it was just like awkward and weird, which is fine for the show. Like the more troublesome it is for me, probably the better. Yeah. Well, they're definitely trying to make it that way because like you can't find the pot. And then um, all of a sudden there's this guy from the mansion that usually works in the office and stuff. And he's like, oh, they're right here. And you're like, oh, okay, right there. Somebody knew. (laughs) So how pissed was Hef that he had to walk all the way across the street? Do you think he was? I don't know. I don't think he was like pissed that he had to walk across the street. Like, I just feel like he walked across the street. And by the time he's at the bunny house, like I can feel like his grumpiness because he always like had a bad back. And plus he was old and didn't like doing things he didn't want to do as nobody does. But I can just feel it looking at him. I don't know. Like, I think by the time he gets to the Playmate house, he's a little bit ruffled, like trying not to be. But like, that was a hike. Yeah, you know what else I felt was weird is that nobody waited for him. To We were all already over there because mm-hmm. I feel like he doesn't like to do anything by himself, not even walk from the mansion to the bunny house. I feel mm-hmm. like he would have wanted, okay, maybe you have to already be over there to be setting up, but where was where was me and Kendra? Like, we should have been walking over there with him is what I think he yeah. was feeling. And also one of the reasons, you know, in season three, you get me that golf cart for my birthday and the 
main idea for getting a golf cart was I thought it would be so nice and convenient to have a little golf cart to go back and forth between the houses, which certainly Hef would have benefited from because out of all of us, he's the one who least likely wants to walk there. But remember, he didn't want to get that for me for my birthday. Yeah. He was super anti. And I'm like, but this is kind of like contributing to the betterment of the environment. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm lining up jello shots, which jello shots, I know we've talked about them a little bit on here before. They were a thing at the mansion. They really were. They were good. Like we started out every event with jello shots. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do have a fun group. I know it was, a, they make it look small and boring and stuff, but it was a fun group. It was Carmela and Tiffany and Cara Monaco, Jillian, Anastasia, Kendra, me, you and Hef. Uh-huh. So it was a good group. And then the next thing that happens is something that happens off camera. And it's like an echo of when Hef snapped at me when I was trying to talk to him about the Marilyn Monroe book. They don't show it, but when I give him the burger and he first takes a bite of the burger, he goes, Pleh! That's terrible. Wait, what? Yes. In real life, they just don't include it. That's why I get weird and leave the party. And I was so embarrassed because I know that's not like the craziest, meanest thing to say. But I'm telling you, just the way he would say things to me sometimes would just be like so cutting and just make me feel so stupid. And I was so embarrassed that he did that on camera. Of course, they don't use it. But I was just so like humiliated. That's why I end up leaving. Of course, I don't ever say that in the show or the commentary because I have to like protect him. But I was just like, okay, I feel so dumb now. Like, get me the fuck out of here. Like the floor open up and swallow me. Oh, my God. I have a whole bunch of stuff to say before we get to that part. Yeah. Can I back up a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So Tiffany comes in to talk to Mm -hmm. you and you say she's asked if you she says, I've never seen you cook before. And you're like, (laughs) yeah, I know I haven't. And the mansion gave you pointers on how to cook. And you say the judges are out there. And that's when Hef walks up. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's they're trying to show that that's the real judge, not the rest of us. Yeah. But ironically, they don't show what he really did you know (laughs) yeah but I wanted to say too you being stuck in the kitchen and like being so isolated from the rest of the party this is why I like will not buy a house that doesn't have like the open kitchen concept yeah like I need that big open space like there's no reason why the person who is hosting the party should be stuck in the kitchen and like being the one isolated from the party the most yeah when the kitchen is a good hangout space it's so fun yeah and then um have walks up and again they're trying to make I see I feel like the cameras were trying to make the party look even more boring than it really was like I don't feel like it was as boring as it looked I thought it Uh was fun and a nice get together but I think they're really trying to make it look like crickets like Hef walks up and he's like well I must be early indicating that the party is a dud and there's no one there and it's just like quiet and stuff and then it cuts to you like saying you don't know how long to like leave the burgers on Mm -hmm. for and I think that's important oh and the water isn't boiling and you didn't have the burner on and it's just like they're like just trying to show that everything is going to hell in a (laughs) handbasket here and then you're like and then I liked how you said maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all and you chug a jello shot yeah (laughs) and then you test a burger but I like that you take a bite of it and then you're like and throw it in the sink (laughs) must not have been that good well also I think there were a lot of like body image issues going on so yeah that's true, too. But then Hef says, I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm behind the bar uh-huh. just because I'm like helping people out and stuff, you know, and Hef looks at me like I'm I'm staff and says, can I get a Jack and Cola? 
Oh my god! I or didn't Jack and notice Coke. that. That's funny. Yeah, he says, "Can I get?" I put it in quotes. Can I get a Jack and Cola? Like he didn't even know who I was or something. And I was like, "Um, I know." Like I feel okay. like an ordinary relationship. You're like, "Oh, hey, Bridget, can you make me like a Jack and Coke, please?" <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But he totally talked to me like I was the bartender or that something. Is so weird. I was like, okay. "Oh my god!" And then you come flying out with a baby burger for him. And then he says it's awful. And then I kind of just go back to the kitchen. <laughs> yes. But and I, later they cut to him saying he's holding up a burger. And he's like, oh, it's good. But I usually eat it with blah, blah, blah. But I don't even remember hearing him say that in real life. Because I was just so like shook by that first reaction that I was just like, uh. <laughs> well, what probably happened is he said what he said and then he's explaining to the rest of us because he feels like an asshole now like that he usually has cheese on it and the yeah. onions are usually in it and he's like trying to explain. Yeah, and I can tell by my voice like I'm just like ready to cry. Like maybe other people can't tell but I'm just like, No, I can uh. tell. <laughs> it's so bad. I can tell. And then you're like, I tried to do all the burgers medium but they were more like medium rare and it shows Kendra biting into one uh-huh. and and it's like it plays a screaming noise and she goes oh my god or something like that I forget what I know but that was like cut in it was cut in totally yeah. oh yeah they made a mooing sound when oh she took a bite oh my god that's funny so um, then I say I feel alienated from the other girls which is a lie like there's no, I mean I did feel like the party was really fucking awkward but that was just because it was the first time we were ever doing anything like that on camera like I'm just not in the position I'm in, I'm not going to say, Hef was a dick, so I left. Like, I'm just not going to say that. So I'm just trying to cover any way I can. I'm curious. If you did say that, I wonder I wonder if they would have played it in the show at all. Do you think they just would have cut it? I don't know. That's a really good question. But honestly, like putting myself back in that moment, I would never even said it because I'm trying to put myself back in the moment how I felt. And just the thought of sitting there in that interview chair and explaining that he was a dick that day, like I can feel myself wanting to cry. You know what I mean? Like, not like I want to cry right now this minute, but like when I put myself back in that mindset. So I don't think I ever even would have said that. It was just too like off limits for me. Like I didn't even want to be that vulnerable because like what he said. And again, it's not like saying, oh, this is terrible. It's like the meanest thing you can ever say to anybody. But there was just a way he had of speaking sometimes that just made me feel like absolute shit. Yeah. And I just, I can't even picture myself talking about that in an interview in season one. Like maybe in later seasons when I get more confident, I'm comfortable like playing stuff off as a joke or like, you know, sometimes when I, when something would come up with Hef being difficult, I would talk about an interview, but kind of play it off like joking a little bit. So I knew it would like get by. Um, but at this, this point, I would never have said anything. Yeah. Did you notice that they show you cleaning up and they make a close up on the garbage and there's tons of pasta salad in there as if nobody ate it? Like it was so oh, that's gross. Funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I do notice there's like a running theme with like they hate the pasta salad. But I love that pasta salad. I still make it to this day sometimes. And then this is the part where I feel like it gets really awkward. Like we're just all sitting around in the, I mean, you had left or uh-huh. you're cleaning up the kitchen still. You're not in the scene, but like, we're just all sort of sitting around like, yeah. Yeah. So awkward. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of done for the day. I'm like on the verge of tears. I just want to go back home. But the cameras refused to leave me alone. Refused. Like, you know, those days, I'm sure they happened to you a million times where they just don't let you off the hook. So I'm like, okay, my other plot line is I'm redecorating the guest house. So I'm just going to go do that. I don't have to talk when I'm doing that. They can just film me doing the guest house. So I go back. I'm finishing up the guest house. 
And then Hef comes over, and of course, they, like, make him look like the hero. Like, not to say he wasn't concerned. Maybe he was. I think he was 100% concerned. Very worried. But I just feel like, I don't know. They just always make him look like the hero. And I don't even tell him, like, what the problem was on camera, because I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to have, like, a real argument on camera or do anything. Like, I just didn't feel comfortable yeah. So everything just got brushed over and it just looks like I'm a crazy emotional bitch that kind of ghosted because I don't feel connected to the other girls. And that's just not what it was <laughs> at all. Well, there's a couple of things I wanted to say in there. One is that when the cameras do that, that was really upsetting. And one of the hardest things about uh, shooting a reality show is that if you're having a moment or a bad day or like things are kind of going to shit and you just need some time to yourself, that's when they are like on your ass the Mm -hmm. most because they want to catch that. And it's so frustrating. And it's like, I get why they want to capture that and why they won't leave you alone. But at the same time, it's just like, get off of me. Like I need a minute. Yeah. Like, don't you see how everything is just like going to shit right now? Mm -hmm. Like, can I just have a minute? Like, yeah, I don't want to do this right now. Exactly. And another reason I'm not cut out for reality TV is I just wouldn't give them that. Like they can you can continue to follow me, but I'm just going to like paint a fucking door and not say a word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I feel like things continue to like they they continue to try and make you look like you're just not. I don't even know how to, what the right word to say is this, that you're just not successful at anything you're doing this day. Like they show you stenciling yeah. the thing and it's it's all a mess and you're like, yeah. uh, and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. I just feel like they're just trying to show failure, 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 yeah. failure. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. really trying to point that all out. And it's so mean. It is. I mean, it's not really something that really bothers me because I'm kind of like, at the time I was down to play along with what I call like the simple life genre of things. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And um so anyway, I actually have a whole chunk of this right here. Mm-hmm. It's my it's just feelings I put. Go for it. And I put I feel like they're trying to make you look bad at everything. Like they that you don't know your way around a grocery store. You can't even find the salad dressing even though it's right there in front of you. Yeah. The pasta the pasta salad looks like crap. The chip bowls are too big. You call the butlers for a million things. You can't find the pots. You didn't turn the burner yeah. on. The burgers aren't good enough for half. Messing up on stenciling, not socializing with everyone. Like they're just like Holly is not cut out for this. Exactly. And I'm fine. You know, it's not anything that's offensive to me. And I'm fine playing along with that. But they're not getting the real drama, which, of course, they can't because this is Hef show and it's all propaganda to make him and Playboy look good. But like the real drama was he fucking snapped at me in front of everybody. And it was so embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I know you said that he comes out and he looks like the hero and everything. And he's like asking you like what's wrong and you mm-hmm. just say nothing yeah. wrong. I'm just tired. Like yeah. you really play it off and stuff. Yeah. And it does pan out on the show, I think, as a very sweet scene. Mm-hmm. But only because you're just conceding on everything. Like you don't ever confront him with what was really bothering you. Yeah. And it's a sweet scene. Like it just makes him look good. Like he's so caring. He notices every nuance. He noticed I left early and had to go all the way back to the house to track me down, which I'm sure the show asked him to do. Well, I'm sure he was going back anyway because he wasn't going to stay over there for very long. Like, God forbid he's five minutes away from the mansion. Like, he's got to get back. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, Okay, so then the next scene is we're in the pantry and it's Alan and JD. 
two of the butlers and they're doing a scene asking each other, oh, has the magazine come yet? Are the girls on the cover? And you can totally tell it's a setup scene. Like the producers are like, hey, can you guys talk about this? But they do such a good job. They I do. love it. They're really good. They do do an amazing job, but I just know that they would never have said those things in exactly. real life. I know. And it, it was just really cute. And I thought they did a good job. But then they cut to the office staff acting like they're so excited too about seeing the issue. And they do an amazing job too. Yeah. Like there's really some good scenes. I think that's my favorite part of this episode is the staff scenes are so cute. But I honestly don't feel like the staff would have been that excited. I mean, they were probably curious as we were too, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't feel like they would have been that excited about seeing our issue. Yeah. That as they make it. And I think that they're just really trying to build it up for the audience yeah, through, exactly. through the staff's uh-huh. eyes. Like, everybody's super excited about this, and you should be too, kind of thing. Yeah, and they're so funny. Like, I love it when Mary is telling everybody to be quiet, and Norma goes, I'm mute. And Mary goes, you've never been (laughs) mute in your life. Like, they're really good at, like, leaning into roles. Like, oh, we're the older women in the office, so we must be gossipy and never mute in our lives. Like, I feel like Norma's probably pretty good at keeping secrets, but they're really having fun with it and really leaning into, like, the tropes you would expect of, like, the older women in the office, you know? Yeah. And Norma's like, we can just open the box and peek and then seal it back up and no one will ever know. And Mary's like, no. And they play Mary (laughs) being so stern. But I I know, I know that she's just, like, doing it for camera like she's not that mean yeah and they just do such a good it's just heartwarming yeah and then and then mary says holly's gonna be all over us yeah like they're ready for the descent yeah and also like when the camera is shooting into the office the stacks of papers and files on crowded onto the shelves on the wall are so chaotic. I know. I remember it always being so chaotic it down was. there. It was. And how would you ever find anything? I don't know. I guess there was a method to the madness. It but. was so confusing. <laughs> So then the next scene, you're out walking the dogs. Yeah, I'm out walking the dogs. And in commentary, I talk about how you see this black cayenne in the driveway. Mm -hmm. And in commentary, I'm talking about how it was some random person who was up there for a meeting and they were kind of backing their car into a spot. And my dogs were out there and I was pissed because my dogs are running around off leash and they're just like not even looking where they're going. And in the commentary, I was like, yeah, I forget what I said. I said something like, yeah, I yelled at them and gave them a piece of my mind. But I'm smirking because I know that... Holly in 2005 version of speaking my mind was um going up to somebody going um hey there's dogs so you like need to watch where you're going like that's my version of like really giving somebody a piece of my mind Ooh, I bet they were scared I know I bet they were scared to come back to that place <laughs> they probably called in and said that Holly's a real bitch I know the extent of my badassery was probably a one uh, on a scale of one to ten And so then you stop into Mary's office and you're asking about the magazine. And Mary's like, oh, I have no idea. You're snooping around a little Mm -hmm. bit, but they've got it hidden. Yeah. And then I like when they cut to half and he's like, has Holly been around? (laughs) And he's all grumpy about it. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Um, And then the next scene, we're all having lunch together in the med room. And I remember I hated the lighting in the med room at this time. And I'm looking at it now and I don't think we look bad. But at the time I was like, ugh. Yeah. The med room lighting. I know. I remember thinking the med room lighting was bad too. Like, why do we have to meet in the med room? And I think that there was like a meeting or something going on in the dining room. Yeah. So we couldn't do the med room. The chips you were eating look so good. I was thinking that too. I chips, eat and those, the salsa. chips and salsa. Salsa. Yes. 
And oh, uh, my next thing was, can we talk about how much we hate the lighting in the room? I know, it's so bad. <laughs> and so you're telling us that you went up to the office and you checked on it and they told you it didn't arrive yet. And you ask if we think it really didn't come yet or are they just hiding it? And I'm like, a hundred percent, they're hiding it. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and then they cut back to us and we're chatting about whether it be us or Cali Monaco again. <laughs> yeah, which I was not convinced we were going to get it. So we really didn't know when we were filming this scene, right? No, I don't think we did. I mean, yeah. I think we were optimistic and and signs were pointing mm-hmm. to it. And the fact that we are having a scheduled lunch in the med room with cameras on us, I think we were kind of. But I mean, they in my mind, they could have just as easily been trying to film us to get the negative reaction too. like exactly. you didn't get it. Wah, wah, wah. Exactly. Like I remember having that conversation. I was saying, I don't know. I think Kelly Monaco might get it. I was still kind of convinced that that could be a thing. Ugh. But anyway, they have, oh, spoiler, <laughs> have walks into the med room with a box. But before he gets to the med room, it shows him like shuffling down the back hallway. And the back hallway was like from, it was bedrooms four, five, six, and then the offices. And the carpet is so chaotic. It was this weird like pr- zigzag print carpet. Yeah. And it was like dark brown and light brown. And I think it was probably pr- chosen because it was pretty good at hiding stains. But it's the most chaotic carpet I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. It's just so busy. I didn't even pay attention to the carpet. Oh I mean, I, obviously I remember the carpet, but I don't. I didn't pay attention in that scene. You're probably just like so used to it after all the years. You're I not think even so. thinking about it. Well, I also think then when you turn the corner, all of the photos lining the hall, I thought that was always like just a lot. Yeah, that was chaotic too. <laughs> And it shows you're doing a talking head interview outside and you can see Spot, the African crane, like bopping around behind you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Cute. But OK, so Hef walks into the room. He's carrying a box. Uh-huh. And it's our issue. So exciting. We made the spoiler alert. We got the cover. Yeah, we were so excited. <laughs> so, oh, my God, like beyond, beyond excited. And then Kendra says, I'm glad they airbrushed out my pussy. I know, which I don't even know if I knew about that at that time until she said that. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, there was a shot. It was one of our limo pictures and you could like see a lot of stuff. And she asked Hef to airbrush it out, which is perfectly reasonable. But then he sells, he auctions off the original brown book with the OG picture in it. Sucks. Which is just like, it's kind of another example of how in the Playboy world, nudity is just so taken for granted that like so many things get lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. Like it reminds me of like how playmates from the 70s talk about how when they decided to pose, the only place those nudes would ever be seen was in an issue that was out for one month. If anybody wanted to see those pictures, they'd have to go to a fucking library or something. You know what I mean? Like they didn't know about the internet. They didn't know like all the outtakes from their posing session in 1974 we're going to be like all over for anybody to look at at any time i mean it it completely changes the weight of the decision yeah it's so crazy well even like our shows that we did like um like my beaches show and your uh-huh. show too and stuff they are like streaming now and stuff mm-hmm. and so i asked about residuals on that kind of stuff and they're like oh well there was no such thing as streaming so you were you're you don't get any residuals because you didn't have that in your contract and it's like how can you predict for something you don't know is going to happen though like yeah anytime crazy. it airs i should get residuals you should get residuals we should all be getting residuals yeah. and we're not mm-hmm. it's crazy how they just use any chance they can to like fuck you over basically yeah and just so people know because people have asked this if we get residuals from girls next door 
I mean, take a wild guess. We didn't even get paid at first. So of course we don't get residuals, which I think is pretty standard for reality TV. Like there's no union for reality TV. Like even though I was always in the Screen Actors Guild, even before I moved into the mansion, that doesn't count with reality TV, or at least it didn't back then. In fact, it jeopardizes us with SAG. Does it? Yeah, we can't do non-union work and we were doing non-union work. Oh, I didn't know that counted since it was like a different category. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, damn. I, I mean, no, no idea. Yeah. But oh, yeah. So I'm in my interview and that's where I have Spot uh-huh. does walk by. It's funny. He walks right past in the background, but I think it's so cute. And I say I'm emotional and it's more than I ever imagined because I never even imagined myself on the co- cover. And you say... I forget what I said, but it was like recycled footage from episode two. Oh, well, you say it's a milestone. Yeah, it's definitely a milestone. And I think I'm talking about how I feel legitimized just because most of Hef's ex-girlfriends were on the cover. And they they show that parade of the ex-girlfriends they decide are worth showing in their minds. But I just think it's funny because I say it's more than I ever imagined because I never even imagined myself on the cover. And you say it's a milestone Mm because all of his other girlfriends were on it. And then Kendra says, I'm just happy they airbrushed my pussy out. (laughs) (laughs) And then I say it means more to me than Heff will ever know. And I was super excited because can we talk about the hidden bunny? Have we talked about the hidden bunny on the covers before? I don't think so. There used to be this game called Spot the Bunny where every cover of Playboy would have a hidden bunny. Sometimes not so hidden. Sometimes the cover would just be a big bunny head yeah but sometimes it would be a picture of a woman and there would be a bunny hidden like in the folds of the clothes or the hair or something it was my favorite thing like when I used to get the magazine even if I would just get like a one-off issue like way back in the day I would like that was my favorite game to do is find the bunny and so I was so excited when they put the bunny in my hair because later I think I asked for it to be to have the bunny Uh on me again but I don't think in that first one we had any choice in it, yeah, it just we had happened no idea where it was going to show up. Yeah, it just happened to be that the bunny was like twisted into my hair, and I was like, I got the bunny. <laughs> yeah, I feel like having a bunny as a mascot is a weird kind of thing, and I don't think this was the intention at all. But I think it's a weird kind of thing that makes the brand like almost appealing to kids, which is creepy. Because I remember my dad used to get a Playboy subscription, and we weren't allowed to look at it or anything. But I remember when the issue would come, my mom and dad would try to find the bunny on the front. And what little kid who's five is going to think oh I want to see where the bunny's hiding yeah so that's kind of creepy yeah it's very I spy yeah which I love that too and we had we talk about how good our issue is too because not only are we in it yeah but uh Callie Monaco did have a pictorial in it mm-hmm. she probably shot a cover right no because well I mean maybe the thing was was they just reused old playmate photos of her oh but I didn't think that would necessarily stop them from using her as a cover because it just didn't stop playboy like it didn't matter if the woman wanted to participate in a new pictorial or not they would just put whoever on the cover like one time they put Jessica Alba on the cover and she and it was a random like promo photo from a movie and she sued because she was like what the fuck nobody asked me yeah so and probably nobody paid her either yeah well you know what happened after is after it blew up into a controversy Hef made an announcement that he donated the cost of like what he would typically pay somebody for a cover to a charity but they only paid people 750 dollars to shoot a cover <laughs> wow so, they were probably thinking hundred thousand dollars or something and yeah, it's 750 dollars the lowest paying gig Jessica Alba ever had on her roster. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're in the magazine. Kelly Monaco has a pictorial in it. Raquel was the playmate. And they had an interview from Jamie Foxx on it. Yeah, so it was a lot of interesting stuff going on. Yeah, and a lot of people that have made appearances in the show, too. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a really strong issue. And I feel like uh, one thing that was for sure in this episode is that the three of us, our camaraderie was like really good. We were strong Absolutely, at this point. yeah. And we had each other's backs mm-hmm. and we were like totally like excited for each other. And I, I just felt like it was a really good time. Yeah, it was. A strong time for like the three of us relationship. Yeah, I don't think any real attitude starts until like season two. Like I could be wrong. Like we're going to watch the rest of these season one episodes, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but looking back, do you love the cover? How do you feel about the cover? I think it's a really good concept. It's just really slick, but I, I just hate my hair because it's so outdated. I just look like I'm wearing a founding father wig and so does Kendra. <laughs> See, I liked it at the time and I was just so excited. I didn't even care. Yeah. But I look back on it now and I don't love the look on my face. Yeah, it's not my favorite cover if yeah. I had to pick out of all of our covers. Oh, it's not my favorite by far. What's my favorite, favorite comes later. What's one's your favorite? My favorite is the one um, where it's like the stars in the background. Oh, yeah, that one's pretty. That's my favorite one. We're wearing like the, well, it, there's two different versions of it. One, we're not wearing the bras, I think, and one we are, the rhinestone bras. Oh, no, I think it's all bras because I think it had to be that way since it was a cover. I think we probably took more photos without the bras, but. Yeah. Well, I thought there was two versions of that cover. Am I crazy now? Maybe for like a foreign issue, they might have used a topless one, but I don't, I just don't think you can put that on a newsstand. Well, no, we didn't show anything, but I never saw one. Unless oh my God, like now I'm tripping. One. I have to figure out what this is now. There was two versions of that cover for some reason. Maybe foreign, because also like Playboy didn't love to do split run covers because it's more expensive. Like we did get to do a split run for our last cover because it was like we each got our own cover. Mm-hmm. which those are my favorite covers. <laughs> but um, but usually they didn't like to do split run unless they had to for some reason because it was more expensive. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Least favorite and favorite. Oh God, I didn't even do it this time. Okay, you go I'll first. I'll go first. Okay, so what I would change about this episode, I mean, there's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple things. I mean, one, I think it's kind of... Um, Weird that there's no guest house reveal. I know why there wasn't because the guest house wasn't actually finished. But I think for like the strength of an episode, there should have been a reveal at the end, maybe right before our cover reveal. Those two could have kind of mirrored each other. Um, also, like, yeah, that would have been perfect. Yeah, I know. I just think I think it wasn't done. Like, I'm going to go through my scrapbooks and try and find because I went through the guest house once it was done and took all these photos on my camera. But I don't remember when it was actually finished. Well, I mean, they feel like they could have found one room that at least looked done I know, exactly. or like helped you get at least one room done. So they could have been like, oh, yeah, but this was all shot during the first half of season one and they were so cheap. They didn't want to help us out with anything. That's true. So no guest house reveal is something I might change. Of course, you know, from a personal standpoint, I'm thinking it doesn't seem fair that they don't show Hef snapping at me. But thinking from the point of a show producer, I feel like they couldn't have shown that because it would have just made Hef look so rude and unlikable that it would have like damaged the show. Because I feel like the only reason, 
you know, people were able to like, like the show is they felt like we were this fun family, you know, that really cared about each other and showing Hef being a dick just wouldn't have helped. Yeah. But don't you think that if, um, if they would have showed him snapping and then later come out and apologize that that would have redeemed things and, and made him even seem more relatable. If he was that humble in real life, like if he if he was like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to snap at you. You know, you put all that work in and I just, you know, I just walked across the street, wasn't having a great day. But Hef would have never even said that or realized that or realized he did anything wrong. It just wouldn't have occurred to him. But I think you're right. If that would have happened, it would have made him look more relatable. But I just don't think it could have happened. Yeah. Or make the barbecue more exciting. Like, so those are those are kind of like three three things. But we were just all so new and didn't know what we were doing. So the barbecue fell flat. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, obviously getting the cover, uh, shooting the cover, getting the cover, like all the covers. Is your stuff favorite? Is my favorite thing mm-hmm. about the thing. I mean, because I can't keep saying Winnie, but obviously Winnie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that because, I mean, I say it in – in the episode it's more than I ever even dreamed of because it was and so that was like incredible and even though I look back on it and I don't love that cover so much it still was like one of the the most incredible things ever yeah I think my favorite was the butler and the secretary scenes oh this episode isn't so cut and dry for me like I have like three things listed for least favorite and then two things oh we'll keep going then oh well the um my favorite was the butler and secretary scenes because I just think those were so cute and maybe this isn't my favorite thing because it's just like a dumb little thing, but I do like that they show that old photo of the guest house just because it's so weird. Yeah. And I know they really had to dig into the archives to find that photo. <laughs> and I just like it when things are kind of completed like that. Yeah. That's why I like putting some of our own photos on our Patreon because we talk about all this stuff, but it's fun to go see it sometimes. Yeah, I feel like people can imagine what that looked like, but when mm-hmm. they actually see it, like I feel like that's cool. Like I like that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm going to try really hard to find my um, guest house pictures. They'll be hard to find because I know they're not in a scrapbook. They're in like a bin Oof. in my scrapbook room. But um, yeah. yeah, it's like I like that on documentaries, too, when like you, they, you know, you, or not a documentary, but like a something that's on based on true mm-hmm. events. And you watch this whole thing. But then at the end, they show you like what the real people look yes, like. It's like they do that on the crown sometimes. I love I lo- that. So I eat satisfying. that up. Yeah. It really is. I think my least favorite thing, I think maybe uh, without having thought about this ahead of time, I think maybe just that they make the party so boring. I know it was awkward and there was no music and that kind of thing, but I think that we actually had like a nice time. Maybe Mm -hmm. not you, but the rest of us had like a nice time and I feel like they don't show it and they typically are making the party look like it was a bust because if they made it look like we were having fun, then you did something right. So you, you can't have had a good party. So they had to make it look like it was a total dud flop yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's unfortunate because we had a good group yeah and it was fun yeah and they made it look worse than it was not that there wasn't awkward moments it just wasn't that awkward we all knew each other we yeah, all liked totally. each other and um and so I think that really is a disservice is it funny for the show of course but are we yeah. here to pick it apart yes yeah exactly I love <laughs> it's that. our job it is <laughs> I hate it when people sometimes I'll see like a criticism where somebody's like you guys just complain and you're so negative we want to hear behind the scenes we are talking about behind the scenes I can't think of like anything behind the scenes I'm not covering right what 
<laughs> right. Or people will say, you just pick apart the things. It's just supposed to be a fun show. Um, that's what we're doing here. Yeah, that's the that's- whole point of a rewatch podcast. You pick everything apart. Yeah. I mean, if we just said, oh, yeah, that was a fun episode. You should watch it. That would take two minutes and we don't have exactly. to have a podcast. Totally. Totally. <laughs> So thank you for joining us. If you want more content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.